Hey everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast and today I've got another guest with me so I'm excited to introduce him to you and I'm going to do that in just a moment but before I do, I just want to encourage you guys, if you like what you've been hearing, if you like this podcast, check me out on YouTube. That's actually probably like the cooler portion of what I'm doing is that's where I've done a vlog that, that just basically lets you into my life. It lets you see the struggles that I'm dealing with and the and the victories that I, that I have and, and working with my son, who's my business partner and, and we're like conquering mountains and, and we're also getting kicked in the teeth. And it's just, it's just like a really cool thing where we let you into our world. We let you see the good. We let you see the bad. And, um, you know, it's not a how to on how to, to build a business, but I can tell you this, it'll help you when building a business because, because it covers like the parts that I think most people don't, which is kind of just that, that emotional side and that human side of things that, uh, that, that we all too often don't talk about because our ego gets in the way. And folks, I have no ego, so come check it out. YouTube, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. This podcast, of course, is called Journey of a New Entrepreneur. And if you want to connect with me and chat with me and talk to me, you can uh, reach out to me on Facebook at the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, our Facebook page. And if I like you enough, I might even let you be my Facebook friend in real life. So, uh, so that's that. But I'm going to get right into this. Uh, today, I've got a guy. Now, I'm going to call him my friend, but uh, Brian Haggerty is his name. Now, Brian and I don't know each other super well, but I do feel like the handful of times that we've spoke, uh, you know, we get along just fine. Brian seems like he's a lot meaner guy than I am, but he's kind of a, he's a cool guy. I feel like we've connected and, and uh, Brian, I don't know what your background is, but you remind me a little bit of a uh, drill sergeant almost. Have you ever been told that? <laughs> no, I wasn't in the military, but I, I do. Uh, I teach the Israeli Krav Maga contact combat. So okay, fair enough. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Makes sense. So so yeah. uh, so Brian Haggerty is my guest today, and uh, Brian is up in New Jersey. He has a power washing company that he's running currently. He might even have some other stuff that I'm not aware of, but I'm going to let him do that. So, Brian, why don't you just give us just the, you know, we've got as much time as we want today to talk, but give us that little, you know, 90-second overview of, of who you are and what you got going right now. Well, I'm, I'm one of seven kids. Um, I grew up in a, you know, Irish Catholic family. We had seven kids in nine years. And um, I, you know, learned early to negotiate, and I learned early that if you wanted your piece of the pie, you better grab it. And that's just pretty much how it goes. So, you know, we, we always just, you know, you could settle it through fight or flight. It's better to just get in the middle and negotiate it. You know? <laughs> uh, I, I, Bob, I really like your show, by the way. And I'm, I'm really, uh, I, I think it's so beneficial to uh, new entrepreneurs that are coming up and even seasoned guys. I mean, you know, there's, a, there's a, a real struggle when you're in business. Everybody thinks, hey, I'm really good at cutting grass or I'm really good at painting houses or I'm really good at grooming dogs. I'm going to open my own business. Yep. Well, it's not as easy as that. And podcasts like this make it easier. And you also know you're not alone when you're going through the peaks and the valleys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I didn't even know you'd seen any of my stuff. So that's cool. So, so your business you got going right now, tell us a little bit about it. A plus power washing. Yeah, I started it in, um, in 1990, uh, this before the internet, before home Depot. Wow. Um, the first, the first time I ever actually used a power washer, I was uh, I had to power wash my deck, and I didn't know anything about it. My brother's a general contractor, and uh, I have a background in auto mechanics. I went to high school to be an auto mechanic. I owned gas stations for a while, fixed cars, and you know, in the late 80s, they started computerizing cars, and I just realized I'm going to be going to school every single night to learn how to fix these cars, and then working all day, and trying to handle the gas attendants, and trying to do this, trying to do that. And I thought, no, nah, I got to do something else. And at mm-hmm. the same time, in, 1987, in 1989, 
my dad, who was my age now, he was 57, he got melanoma, skin cancer, and he died. So I'm looking wow. at this. My dad was a successful businessman. After many failures, he was successful. And, and um, you know, I looked at that and I thought, wow, I'm 29. If I'm only going to live till I'm 57, I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to work like 24-hour round-the-clock gas station, busting my, you know, my chops and, and everything else. I'm going to get something that's seasonal that I can take time off. I can have the whole winter off and I go skiing and go fishing and do all the things I love to do. And um, this just fell in my lap. I needed to power wash my deck. I called my brother and I said, Johnny, how do you clean these decks? And he goes, oh, go to ABC Rental and rent a power washer. So I rented a 1,200 PSI cold water power washer <laughs> and I spent the entire weekend power washing like a 30 by 12 deck. <laughs> <laughs> I got it done and yeah. I said, oh, people will pay for this. Because nobody was doing it, and everybody had a pressure-treated lumber deck back in mm -hmm. 1990. And so uh, I, I, went, I actually went to the library because there was no internet. I went to the library, looked in Thompson's registry. for uh, When I brought the power washer back, the guy said to me, hey, you really ought, if you're going to go into this business, you need a hot water machine because you got to wash trucks, you got to wash vent hoods, you need a hot water machine. And I'm thinking like, no, I'm going to wash houses. Yeah. So, and he was like, houses? Nobody washes houses. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll figure it out. So uh, I go to Thompson's registry. I look up a hot water power washers and I find Delco down in Fort Worth, Texas. So I get a pickup truck. I drive to Fort Worth, Texas, and I buy a used hot water Delco machine from Rob Hindler. Hmm. Drive back up here. I actually just saw him at, at a um, last year's huge convention. He was there. <laughs> and, and I told him that story and he goes, I think I remember you. <laughs> That's funny. That's, and that was a haul for you too. Awesome. Yeah. Holy cow. And uh, yeah. And, I, and you know, the whole thing, um, the, how I got it going was flyers, just flyers, printed up flyers, black and white flyers, or I print them up on blue paper or pink paper or yellow paper. So it was two color. It was black ink and colored paper. Mm. And, um, instead of paying, they didn't even have color copies back in the nineties. There was no color copier. Yeah. I, I just would go to a neighborhood that had vinyl and aluminum sided houses. I would put out 300 flyers and somebody would call and I'd put a lawn sign on their front lawn and I get their job and I knock on the neighbor's houses and I get their jobs and I knock on the neighbor's houses and I get their jobs. And I just did it boots on the ground. Now, Brian, you're going to have to forgive me for interrupting here, but the, the smart ass in me has to stop you based off all the stuff I've read from all these uh, business experts online that want to say flyers just don't work, man. Um, and now I know this was it's the nineties, but, but they work for me. Do you still do these things? Right, you, yeah, yeah. I do it on a different scale right now. We don't do actually flyers anymore, but we do send gym. Yeah, yep. Josh okay. Flatter, send gym, mm -hmm. where I can use radius bomb, target specific neighborhoods, and I can drop postcards right out right in their mailbox. Nice. I just don't have the time for boots on the ground, and I, I, you know, I just. But but here's one of the things we do do, and this is from. Um, Brandon Vaughn, who's, in my opinion, a genius. I love Brandon. You just you just mentioned the last two guys I had on the, the podcast. <laughs> so, repeat alert. I'm proud to call those guys my friend, man. Yeah. I, I can't even believe they want to be friends with me. I, yeah. I just, I, I'm, they're on a whole nother level. And, and um, you know, Brandon, uh, he told me, he said, Brian, look, he goes, one of the requirements of our sales guys, we call them customer service specialists, but one of the requirements of his sales guys is to um, do an estimate and then get another one on that same street, banging on doors. My guys have to do that. So if we send them out with five estimates, they got to come back with 10. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it rolls. And they know that coming into the job and they do it. And it's not easy to go knocking on doors. Sometimes people are afraid of rejection, but you know, real guys, 
that are real closers, that are real sales guys, they don't care about knocking on doors and they don't care about rejection. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to pretend to be a real one because it's it's a weakness of mine, but uh, I've always heard this saying, it says that uh, bashful salesmen have skinny kids. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, I, I, I derailed you, though. I'm sorry. I just no, the, the smart aleck in me wanted to bring up the, the flyer thing. I love hearing stuff like that because the reason I love hearing it is because I've recently done it. And so I've got so not only so much pride in what my son and I did when we stuck it out and, and did those things, but uh, I know the work it takes. You know, it, people think, oh, flyers, it's easy. And no. This stuff is hard. It's time consuming. If you're big and overweight like me, it hurts your ankles and your <laughs> and everything. Yeah, you know, one of the things to make it happen. We would do them on. Um, now, I did not say this, so don't blame it on me. All right. Okay. What we would do is put the flyers out Sunday morning early, mm -hmm. and you have you drive down the roads backwards. So you're driving down the road, and uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> not backwards. But so that you have a guy in the shotgun seat. Yeah. And so they're opening the mailboxes and sticking them out, like close the door on the mailbox and leave it sticking out. That's illegal. You can't do that. Yeah. Like don't yeah. do that when a mailman's around. That's no, hold on. Let me make a note here. Brian Haggerty says. No, no, no. Don't make any notes. In fact, you get erased this part. So, okay. <laughs> so what we would do is drive through the neighborhoods, put the put the flyers in the door of the mailbox so it was sticking out, right? Mm -hmm. These people would go out in the morning to go to the beach or go to church or wherever they were going. There's this flyer. They pull them all out. And so the mail guy never got them because it was on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So I knew that every flyer that I put out, they got them. I cruised through that neighborhood later Sunday afternoon, nothing sticking out of mailboxes. Everybody got it in their hand. That's, I mean, again, just for anyone listening, if you're a new guy, let's be clear. This is a federal offense, so don't do it. But yeah. what a, but the what lesson, a great idea. yeah, the lesson to be learned here is ingenuity and creativity. And, and there's a way, if you're a small guy and you're trying to find a way to, to, to change your life, you can do it. You just got to get a little creative, but don't do this. <laughs> yeah, flyers are cheap. And, and you know what? They have really good results. They don't have to be like super professional. Mm -hmm. And one of, you know, Tim Fields makes the best, the best yard sign. It just says house washing. Yeah. No fancy stuff. Nobody's logo. Not a million colors. House washing, your phone number. It works. You want to do the same, same thing with flyers. Keep it simple. A lot of white space, house washing. You can put in there like, you know, vinyl houses up to 2,200 square feet, $247, regularly $299, and save 50 bucks. And that's it. And put those out, and you'll get phone calls. Let's, let's run with this for a minute. Um, you know, Brian, because uh, I, I want to get back to learning about you, but again, a lot of the people that do listen to my stuff, they're, they're newer guys. So let's talk just a minute about two things that you talked about there. Or one specifically, you talked about keeping it simple. And uh, so guys, if you're, or, or gals, if you're out there starting your business, and you're trying to get out, uh, one big mistake I think people make a lot is they want to get their company's name and, and logo and stuff too big on their, on their stuff. You just heard Brian talk about a guy named Tim Fields that specializes in making yard signs. I don't even think when he makes his that he puts the company's name on it, does he? he just, it oh. just says house washing and a phone number, right? House washing and a phone number. And here's why, because no one cares. Like when, you know, no one cares uh, about branding for a pressure washing company or a window cleaning company or a lawn care company. Now, what what will matter is when you offer that great service that you know they remember who you are after the fact. But when you're getting new customers, no one's going to care. So don't so new guys don't make the mistake of trying to get your pretty logo or your name out there. You need to let someone know what you're doing and how they can get a hold of you, and that's it. And whether it's a yard sign, whether it's a flyer, that's important. And I made those mistakes. So when I first started. Uh, we were doing flyers. I wasn't doing yard signs. 
And the first, you know, handful of iterations of flyers that we did were very pretty. They looked, they looked great, but you had to read it for two minutes before you realized what I was offering. And as soon as I switched to one that said pressure washing, window cleaning, and more, and it had four big photos on the front, that's when, that's when things changed. And that's when the money started coming in for us. And so new guys, two things, simplicity. And then Brian, I'm, I'm sure you're going to uh, agree with me on this, but it's numbers. You, um, I just had a guy, as a matter of fact, I need to reach back out to him, but I had a guy contact me from South Florida uh, yesterday, said he had seen some of my videos and, and he had said that uh, he was a little discouraged because he had been passing out flyers and he had passed out a few hundred and he's not getting any traction. No, but of you course, thousands. Yeah, you got to do thousands, right? And I remember the first big month we had, I think we got out five or 6,000 one month and had just a moderate month. And then the second month, we got about the same amount out. And we had our first almost $20,000 month. And it was all from flyers and, and well, basically just all from yeah. flyers, you know? So, so new guys, simplicity and numbers. You got to get them out there. If you hand out a thousand flyers, you're, you're not going to get it. You need to hand out thousands and thousands and thousands month after month and, and you can get there. And two people can hand out four or 5,000 flyers in a month if that's all you got going, but you're going to hate yourself for it. So that was a freebie. Typically we don't get, get into that stuff, but I love it. So Brian, you, when you were in 1990 and you started, how old were you? If you don't mind me asking. I was 29. 29. Okay. So 29 years old, starting this business, uh, you're, you're getting your, your, your first customers from flyers and things like that, you know, illegal, allegedly some illegal activity that you used I want to, to tell you about another thing. No, I want to tell you about another thing that I did that I still do to this day. We go into a neighborhood, right? And what, what I call is I want to own the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody in there thinking about any other power washing company but me. I want to own that neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do now is we'll radius bomb the neighborhood. We'll geo-target them on Facebook ads. Okay, we'll, we'll get in there and start doing estimates and putting our lawn signs in on the jobs we get. My trucks are in that neighborhood every day. Okay, but the, the real icebreaker back when we were doing it in, in like 1990 and 1991, when I say we, it was like me and my kid who was mm -hmm. like seven, I would say, listen, here's what we got to do. We got to um, find a house on the corner that's white and it's covered in green mold mm -hmm. on a corner, real highly visible corner, right? And what I would do is knock on the door and this guy, I never forget this guy, his name was Joe. And I said, Joe, I think it was like Maglio or Maglio or something like that. And I said, Joe, I said, I want to wash your house for free. Now, he thought, like, this is a typical Jersey scam. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really for free. Like, he almost wouldn't take it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, for real, it's free. I'm not going to charge you a dime. Nothing. I'll put it in writing. I'm not charging you anything. I said, all I want to do is be able to say, I'm going to do your house, 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Now, this is before people know what power washing is. There's no YouTube. You yeah. can't see it. There's not, like, you know, they're thinking power washing, some guy in a yellow suit blasting the heck out of my house. They have no idea how this is going to go down. Mm -hmm. okay? So we would put out a flyer saying, Hey, we're going to wash Joe's house Saturday morning, nine o'clock. Why don't you come over and watch? We're going to watch. We're going to have like free coffee and donuts. So wow. we set the table on Joe's front lawn, put out coffee, donuts. The first time I did that, we had 40 people standing out watching me wash a house. <laughs> they watched me. Watch. We flyered that neighborhood all week telling everybody we're going to be there. And 40 people stopped by to have coffee and we ran out of donuts. I thought we were going to get like a dozen people. I didn't know. Who yeah. was. 40 people showed up. I watched this guy's house. We got like 10 jobs out of that deal. And then from there, just boom, we, we own the neighborhood. You said you still do, do that to this day? We still do it, yeah. We'll find a house that's like on, on a corner and we'll put out notices to the, to the neighbors and stuff that we're washing your neighbor's house. It's almost like doing a five around early. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. 
We'll do, um, I do people, sometimes I'll do their home for free if they do a, um, a, a video with us mm -hmm. afterwards. So we'll, we'll do like um, a whole thing with them before we wash their house. Hey, how do you feel about your house? How does that make you feel with a little like green mold on it? You know, and they'll say, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Then we get them coming out the front door. Whoa! You know, after they see the house clean. And yeah. we did one. I, I just shot it on Sunday, and we just put it up on Facebook today. And and um, the people are just like, they're absolutely like delighted with the way that the job came out. So you, you don't even have to do like what I was doing back in the 90s where you put flyers out and do all that stuff. You can just do it through Facebook now. You can yeah. get it your Facebook friends, make a deal with them, say, listen, I know you know everybody in the neighborhood or you're in that group next door. And we're going to do this video at your house. We'll give you a discount on your house, half price, free, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you do a video with us and we can post it in there. I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Now you're in with all their friends and all they're saying is all the good stuff. Oh, Bobby's the best. Mm -hmm. Bobby does this. Bobby does that. I can't believe how nice your guys are. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And the boom. Takes off. Love it. Hold on. Let me write this down real quick. And so it's so easy. Give somebody like a super discount, half price, or do it at cost, or do it for free if you can afford to, and then get the video up front of everything. Walk around with them. Talk to them. Like my, um, I don't know if I have the questions here. I just had them out this morning. But I actually write like a list of questions, and it's like, um, how does that make it feel? Like why? Like open ended, you know? Yeah. Like how's all that green mold make you feel? Like looking at your roof every day when you come home. How does that make you feel? You're like, oh yeah, not good, you know. Then when you come home and it's all clean, it's like, how does that make you feel? Oh, yeah, they're good. like amazing. It's like impressive. They use crazy words like that, man, and it sells. You let them sell it. <laughs> that's that's good stuff, man. I uh, I did not realize that we were gonna uh, get this. Uh, I thought we were just gonna talk about life, man. But this this is even better. This is making this is life. Funny, so. Me, this yeah, is well, you, yeah, you're right. You're right. This is fun. So like, if you, okay, so if you're a new guy, you're a new entrepreneur and you're trying to figure out like things to do, but and listen, here's our biggest problem. We either have too many guys and not enough work or too much work and not enough guys. Yeah. That's, that's everybody's problem. As you grow, that's the problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so when you're trying to scrounge around and get work, you get in panic mode and you start discounting your prices, which is the worst thing you can do. Yep. Okay. Here's the bottom line. If you're priced right, and I don't mean cheap, uh, we're very expensive. Okay. Yeah. But if you're priced right and you're price is what you pay, value is what you get. That's mm -hmm. what anything. So if you go out and you buy a pair of Bose speakers and they're $400, you know you're getting good speakers because they're Bose. They're going to last you 30 years, you're all happy. Okay. Yeah. You go out and you spend, uh, um, you know, $100 on speakers and they're like Gakumatsu speakers, you know that you bought a piece of crap and it's going to break in like six months. Okay, I mean, you just know that. Mm -hmm. So price is what you pay, value is what you get, and it depends on what you want to do. So if you market to upper-end people who are used to driving Mercedes and Cadillacs and T-Birds and, you know, whatever, and they got motorcycles in the driveway, nice ones, you know, that's their extra thing and a convertible, that's the guy you want to be working for, he's going to expect you to be high-priced. He's not going to expect you to be cheap. Yeah. And so if you market it right and you do it right, you would end up with about – 55 to 60% of the estimates that you give, you get. Really? Yes. Yeah, now, currently, I'm around 47 myself, not to get a deep dive into my okay, business. Okay, so 47, maybe, maybe you don't have your, um, well, I, I don't know without looking at your stuff, but I'll yeah. some guesses. If you're at 47%, I would say either you're, um, you're 
your image and your marketing is not right for what you're doing, like maybe your emails that you're sending out, your CRM, whatever it is that you're doing, where mm-hmm. you're like really, really high price on the very top end, and you're going to be a little bit lower. But if, if, you can, if you're landing, I want to be clear on this. If I'm only landing 20% of the estimates that I'm given, but I'm like, the, uh, people are looking at me going like, you're crazy with that pricing, Brian. You're out of your mind. I don't even know what you're thinking about. Okay, then I'm, I'm doing all right because that's 20% yeah. of really high money. Okay, but if you have to keep your guys rolling and do a bunch of stuff, I think it should be between like, let's just say like 52 to 50 to 60% uh, right in there. That's mm-hmm. what we do wrong. Now, let me do this. Since we're talking about, you know, things that new guys need to know, tell me why um, you're talking about high prices and, and how it's important to have a high price. Tell the new guys why that's important. Okay, well, first of all, it's not high. It's, it's what we have to get in order to run a business. We have insurance, mm-hmm. workers' comp, liability. I've got trucks. I get gas. I pay my employees health insurance. They have paid vacations. Okay, all this stuff costs money. Mm-hmm. All right, but I have a really high caliber of employee. I mean, high caliber. In fact, that 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 um, interview we just did, the guy said this. The husband said, he goes, you know, when the when the guy came out to estimate the house, I thought he was the owner of the company. <laughs> okay, That's he great. wasn't just some like sales guy. Like, hey, hey, you, you want to buy a car? You know, what I mean, like, <laughs> he wasn't just some some sales guy. I mean, Will is a very professional. Guy, he shows up, he looks like me. He walks around, he looks like me. I mean, like he acts like he's the guy. Every one of my employees, exactly like me. There's nobody that can't answer a question. There's nobody that doesn't know how to do something. Everybody is skilled at what they do. They're all in uniforms. They wear nice logos. They wear nice hats. Nobody's working without their shirts on. You know what I mean? Like we show up, roll up in nice trucks. Okay, when you're doing all that, people are going like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the right guy. I want to hire that guy. So, so let me ask you this on the flip side then, you know, kind of a softball question. So what happens if I'm the new guy, I'm starting out and I'm, I'm using price as my way to get business because I don't know any other way. So I'm coming in and I'm being the cheap yeah, you're guy. Gonna, you're going to price yourself right out of business and, uh, unless you do two things. You're going to find out, you go in kind of cycles. You'll see that like, you know, the $99 house wash guy, mm-hmm. next year he'll be like $159. He realizes he can't make it at $199. Then the yeah. year after he's going to be at like $275. And then he realizes, like, oh, yeah, in order to be this guy, I got to be that price. Yeah. Right? So you kind of realize it, and you lose your customers, and it hurts. Like, we raised our prices this year 20%. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, we just raised everything 20%. And um, we already were high. We're higher, okay? And we raised our prices 20%. And the girls in the office were saying, yeah, we lost another customer today. We lost another customer today. We lost another customer today. But at the same time, we're having record weeks, record months. We did, I mean, we're, we're up like 25% this year, and yeah. we've been growing at 25% a year. I mean, I've literally doubled my business in four years. Hmm. And now you, so in that scenario, you could, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the math is, but if you raised your, your rates 20%, you could lose 20% of your customers, and you're still going to come out ahead, something you like that, You wouldn't even lose 20% of your customers. I think maybe we lost like 1%, maybe. So you lost, yeah, holy cow. So you're losing 1% and you're gaining 20% exactly, on right. work that didn't cost you any more to get. And exactly. it's, it's, that's all icing at that point. And, and here's the problem too. It's a lot of the time what you're dealing with is you start doing a guy's house in 1990 for $245 and he gets mm-hmm. just $245 for life. Yeah, yeah. So when you tell him now it's 2018 that the house is 575, he's like, you used to do it for 245. Like what the hell? Yeah. And, and so... He leaves and he goes, 
to a $99 guy and then I get him back next year when he says, oh yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> well, that's what happens. When you first started out, I mean, did you have this uh, perspective or did, did were you the chief guy? I was never the chief guy. Never? No, even when I owned my gas stations and I did auto repair, even my gas. Like, there, you know, there's guys that compete for price on gas. Like, if this guy goes down a penny, that guy goes down a penny, and this guy goes down a penny, and that guy goes down a penny. Mm-hmm. I never – we were the only guys who washed your windshield and checked your oil. No one else would do that. We washed the windshield of every single car, and we offered to check the oil on every single car. We put air in your tires. We do whatever it took to give you complete, the best full service, guys in uniforms. And like today, you can't get your window. In fact, you guys have self-serve. Yeah. New Jersey and Oregon are the only two states in the United States that have, that have full serve. You cannot have self-service against the law. I did not know that. Yeah. New Jersey and Oregon. Right. So we would walk. That's why you were looking weird when I said, watch the windows. You didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would, we would wash the windows and check the oil every single car. And people like that. They would tip my guys. They liked that. And they were like, I don't care if it's four or five cents more a gallon. I could care less. And I never competed. Never go down on your price. Ever. And of course there are customers. Now, whether it's the, the gas station uh, analogy here or, or experience uh, or it's our, our pressure washing, you know, there are customers out there that absolutely do not want that experience. There are customers that like, I don't care. I want it for 99 bucks. Right. That's and, not your client. But that's not who we want. Yeah. And, and the reason why, you know, for the new guys that are listening is, you know, it, it's so easy. I actually, it took me a while to find my pricing, you know, to know exactly where I needed to be because it's, that's difficult when you're coming into something brand new. But um, I had the privilege of listening to a lot of people like you uh, as I was getting started. So I didn't fall into that trap of being the $99 guy because I believed these people that were successful that said, don't do that. But, um, but when you're a new guy coming in, you know, you're going to get, um, you're not going to make any money. You're not going to make any money doing the $99 thing. You're going to make a, a lower hourly rate than what you're making on your current job that you're trying to leave. Uh, you're going to have more more um, opportunity for things to go wrong, equipment to break. You got to equip, you know, uh, supplies to buy. But at the end of the day, what's happening, and I'm finding this now, is because my my business is now at the point where I'm starting to get customers back, you know, because we're in our second year. Nice. And and we misquoted some jobs, so we've done a few jobs, and I didn't change the price yet because it's it's the minority. It's not a big deal. But we just did one um, on Friday. As a, this a Monday today, so we did one on Friday. That uh, Caleb, my my son and partner, called me. He's like, "Dad, why are we doing this so cheap?" I'm like, "Well, that's what we sold it for then." And I just didn't raise the price on them. But that's one. Well, you know, here, yeah, that, that's a big mistake right there. It's like you have to raise your prices, and if you lose them, now, listen. I want to explain the difference so everybody gets this between a customer and a client. All right, there's a difference. Okay, but here's how it works out. You start off with a suspect, okay? I suspect that the people that live in this neighborhood would want to do business with me because they fit the demographic of my existing current client or the people I want to do business with, okay? So I'm going to market to them, and when they respond, they become a prospect. Mm -hmm. So now I got to go over there, give them an estimate, and sell them the job. Then they become a customer, okay? When they do business with me more than once, and they recommend their friends to me, they're a client. We have 5,749 clients. 5,700 clients. 5,749 clients as of today. Clients. Wow. People have done business with us more than once and recommend us to their friends. And you build that. You build that. I'll tell you how you build it. 
You build it by being honest. Mm -hmm. you, build, you build it by doing everything that you said you're going to do and you pick up your phone. That is the <laughs> biggest mistake. Yeah. Don't let anything go to an answer machine. Don't ever let it go to an answer machine. Pick up your phone, talk to people. And I mean, during normal business hours, you don't have to pick up your phone at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. People expect you to be picking up the phone, pick up the phone. Okay. And if you say, I'm going to be over there on Tuesday to give you an estimate, you're there on Tuesday to do the estimate. Now I want to tell you when I started in 1990, right? I had to be the power washer guy. I was the mechanic. Well, obviously I'm a mechanic, but I mean, I was, I was the mechanic. I was the sales guy. I was the marketing guy. I was the bookkeeper. I was everything. It was me. In 1994, I hired my first employee. So now, not only that, I'm a manager, which is like a whole nother program. Okay? <laughs> now you have to deal with people's personalities. You have to deal, oh, you know, do we really have to start at seven? I mean, I'm a nine o'clock kind of guy. Yeah, so yeah. You're dealing with all kinds of stuff, all right? So, when, you know, you, I was wearing like all of those hats and it gets, it gets really confusing and it gets really tiring. But if you stick it out, if you do what no one else wants to do, like nobody, I couldn't give away my job. Yeah. Back then, I couldn't give it away. I couldn't say, listen, I'll give you like $100,000 a year and you can have my job. People look at it and go, you work seven days a week. You work 14-hour days. I'm not doing that. That's not enough money. So, but if you're willing to put in the time and you're willing to put in the effort and you can build it to the level where you can get it serving you rather than you serving it. And I mean your business. Yeah. And you can get your business, whatever level that is, if it's just having three employees or it's having five employees, but you're going to have to have employees in order for it to serve you. You can't run a business and be a solopreneur yeah. and, and not be a slave to it. You're going to be a slave to your business. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're better off if you just have a job. So yeah, you, you are, you'll look at it some days and go, damn, I should just quit this and work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I think I've said that a few times, but you know, the entrepreneur means not going to let that happen. With, keep going, though. I don't want to interrupt you, but absolutely. I, I have the same thoughts from time to time. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're going to really um, want to stick it out in this business, you're going to have to do the flyer walking on Sundays. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to take time away from your family. You're going to have to work hours you don't want to work. You're going to have to listen to customers screaming at you about something that got broken or lit on fire or broke, whatever happens. You're going to have to deal with your blown transmission in your truck. You know, all that stuff is going to happen. It's happened to me. It's going to happen to Bobby. It's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. It's not like it's not going to happen to you. And don't go, oh, why me? Because the why me part is you're an entrepreneur. That's why. Well, and, and, and those things right there, uh, I always hesitate to stay, say stuff like this because it's like I've had some success in business, but I, ha I haven't um, – well, I've had a, a certain level of success in my own, but I'm, uh, you know, but I'm not there yet, if that makes sense to you on my own company here. Well, they're according to you. Exactly. And there's, there's some people that would love to be where I'm at and I'd love to be where, where you are and, and other people are, you know, but the, um, you don't get any hair back, you know, when you get to, where I'm at. you know, I tell you, I, this I white, from this, I already had no hair when I started this. Business, I did too. I but I got kidding. this white spot under my nose. It's it's gray hair. People are like, "What is that?" You know, powdered sugar or cocaine. I'm like, it's called stress, and it's just. Oh, I thought you were just doing blow on your teeth. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's stress. Oh. <laughs> and it's, it's body. It's, yeah, <laughs> but but my point though, what I what I was saying here is, you know, you you hear all these statistics that X number of businesses failed in the first, you know, so you know, nine nine out of ten failed in the first what two or three years or or whatever it is. Yeah. And 
I think it's because of two reasons. One is people that probably just don't know how to do it, uh, which you can fix that problem by uh, educating yourself, reading books, listening to podcasts and stuff. But then the other one is it's people, you know, maybe you've learned how, but you're not willing to pay that price. And, you know, you were talking about making the statement, you know, man, maybe I should just quit and go get a job. Now you've been an entrepreneur your entire life. I'm 40. uh, And, and I've just been doing this now for less than two years, but even within, you know, 18 months or however many months it's been now, more times than I would like to admit, I've wanted to quit. And, but I always look at that, uh, you know, there's that saying or that, that, that idea that says you have to know your why when you're going to start something like this, like, why are you starting a business? Uh, you know, what's your end game? What, you know, are you wanting a certain finance or you want a certain lifestyle, whatever it is. And when I have those doubts or those, those times where I'm like, I want to quit, uh, even though I genuinely have that thought, the options never there for me because I instantly go to this as like, so here's my why. And if I quit, I go back into this corporate world that I was in and a, I'm not going to be happy and B it's not going to get me, you know, to where I want to go. So always, you know, guys always remembering what you want at the end, I think is what helps people. And it's probably if I were to guess what separates those one or two businesses that succeeded versus the nine or eight that did not is obviously people that educated themselves so they can know how to run it. But once you know it, you've got to be willing to push through that pain. And as I say this, you know, I'm looking at a photo. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but my desktop on my, my uh, computer right here is a photo of my son and I, uh, when we didn't have any money, we, all we could do is hand out flyers and we're standing there in a monsoon, you know, Florida summer afternoon rain Caleb's holding a, 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 a clipboard over his head, trying to, to mask the rain. And we're looking at the camera and we're smiling because we know this is our life right now, you know? And I always look at that photo with pride. And one day I'm going to print this thing off. It's going to be like the backdrop of my office, you know, and just kind of like when we've built our empire. And I'm going to say, that's it right there is people want to quit. You know, people, you know, they'll say, ah, oh, you, you know, you, you shouldn't have to work like that and work in the rain and hand out flyers and stuff. And it's like, no, you shouldn't have to, but you know what? My why is up here, and that's why we're not going to stop. And and without even – well, I'm, I'll just speak for you, Brian. I know you have at least a similar um, uh, a similar idea or a similar story in your own life where, uh, you know, you've went through all this pain. I've heard your story about all your gas stations and things like that that you had, and you had just tons of employee problems. How many people did you say that you hired and fired in one year? Uh, oh. I had one where, where uh, one year on my accountant said to me, Brian, you had like 140 employees this year. 140. And how many people actually kids. worked at one time? Yeah, 140 kids pumping gas. No, no. Like, you know, he's hired today, fired tomorrow. Give me another. Yeah. Hired, fired, hired, fired, hired, fired. 140 employees. Yeah. Like in one year. He goes, Brian, you, your tax return is crazy. The W-2 forms, there's like 140 of them. <laughs> he goes, you got to figure this out. I'm like, this is, okay, now this is me in 1987, 1988, saying, Nobody wants to work. Yeah. How many times you hear that now? I, I, I want to punch, every Nobody time I hear someone say it, I just want to punch them. <laughs> no, no, listen. I got news for you. I have a crew of awesome people that work here. with 15 people working here, right? There's not a single person that works here that I'm thinking of getting rid of. Not one. Everybody pulls their weight. Everybody does what they're supposed to do. Everybody's in a really good mood all the time because we built a community. And Howard Partridge 
wrote a great book on how to build a community. And anybody that knows Howard Partridge, he owns phenomenal products. Yep. And he's, he's a business coach and he's awesome. He's got a, I think his business now is doing like 4 million a year in carpet cleaning. Yeah. In Houston, Texas. And he lives in Destin, Florida. Yeah. His business is totally serving him. Mm-hmm. Totally serving him. He built it that way and he's good at it. What's the name of the book before we get sidetracked? Or, I'm sorry. I thought you were going on a tangent, but I didn't want to forget the book name here. Oh, it was um, The Power of Community by Howard Partridge. Power of, Power of Community by Howard Partridge. And um, Howard talks about how the people in his business are like a band of brothers and sisters. And then um, one of his, guys, his, his top guy um, hot, uh, married another woman that worked in the office. I married a woman that worked in the office, Santiago. And he just had a, his son just got married to another person that worked at the, at the place. I mean, like they're just, all these people are brothers, cousins, friends, and they're all like-minded. It's like, you know, they're going to a family reunion every day. Hmm. Now my guys are, a lot of my guys have a common thread and their, their common thread is they have no dad. And, really? and um, yeah, some of them, their dads have passed away. Some of them, their dads are estranged. You know, um, there, there's some guys that have dads, but a lot of them don't have dads. And, and uh, I kind of like, I mean, they're all in their twenties and I'm not, I'm not their dad, obviously, but I'm the male role model that they needed. Like, you know, Hey, get a haircut. You know, like you didn't shave today. What's up? Razor broke. You know, I'm that guy. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, we have a contest every Friday and we do push-ups. and like, I, I, we got this one kid, Sean, the kid's a monster. I, I, I could do like 50. Mikey, me and Mikey went out. That's a lot of push-ups. 50. Push-ups. I know, yeah. Well, me and Mikey, I'm 58. Me, Sean, and Mikey go at it, and Mikey drops out at like 40-something. I dropped out at 47, and Sean, I think he could have done 20 more. So we're trying to work out a handicap system now. Like, (laughs) then I don't have to jump in until he does 25, and then I can get started. So the rest of the guys will jump in. We do uh, an upsell contest every week. This is hilarious, man. We have, uh, you know, an upsell is when you go to a client's home and you're only supposed to be washing the house. But when you get there, you realize, oh, they need their pavers done. They need the retaining wall done. They got to get the deck done. The roof's got algae on it. They need their gutters cleaned out. So all these are opportunities. These are cherry picking jobs. There's no advertising. There's no travel time. There's nothing. You're already there. You already have your people there. That job is like a hundred percent profit. Yeah. So how do you get, how do you motivate your employees to do that? And everybody goes, I'll oh, just give them 10%. They don't care. They want to go home at five o'clock. Yeah. Hot out. They're not looking for upsells. Okay. So you got to gamify it. All right. If you want to read a really good book, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Okay. Written in the thirties. It's timeless. Absolutely timeless. And he tells a story about this guy that owned a, I believe it was a, let's call it a widget factory, but I think it was a steel mill. And he, he was really concerned because production was very low. And he's like, goes to the manager, like, what the hell's going on, man? I mean, like, you know, what's with these guys? Oh, they all don't want to work. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. He goes, how many widgets did they produce on the day shift? The guy said 17. Took a piece of chalk and he wrote 17 real big, like three feet around on the floor. Well, the night shift came in and said, what's the 17? Well, that's how many widgets the day shift put out. I should look at that's all. Yeah. They did 18. When the guys came back in the morning, they saw 18. They did 19. This went all the way on until they were like in the 25s. And the guy said, you know, we're producing so much. I'm going to give you guys a bonus. And he started giving them extra money. And then they stayed at the 25 level. Hmm. 
So you got to gamify everything in your business to make it interesting. Nobody wants to come to work and pull the trigger for 10 hours a day and, and go home. Yeah. That's boring as hell. All right. So what we do is we have an upsell contest and it ends every Friday. The winner of the upsell contest gets a hundred dollar bill. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not the deal. They all get 10%, but that's not why they do it. They don't do it for the hundred dollar bill. They get to do it because they get to make a video with the hundred dollar bill. Okay. So here's Greg, Greg wins and he goes, better luck next time guys. (laughs) Dustin wins and he goes on Thursday, he's way ahead of everybody. Right. And he can win on Friday. But, and so I'm pushing these guys all week long. Like we make a thread on a text Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Justin, upsell, $75, bam. And then everybody's like, $175 over here, $200 over here. They're like selling like crazy to be the guy that gets to the top, right? Mm-hmm. And we gamify it. We just laugh. One of the guys goes, just call me daddy. Like that. You know, that's, <laughs> and so the other, one of the other guys goes, Mike, that's really rude. I don't have a dad. <laughs> I mean, like, just, these guys are so funny. They just bust each other's chops all day. So Justin is going to win on Thursday. On Thursday, it's obvious he, he's going to be hard to beat, right? He's got mm-hmm. these guys like hands down beat. And, he, and I said, Justin, he's holding the hundred dollars. And, and I said, Do you really think you're going to keep this tomorrow, or somebody's going to take it away from you? He goes, Right. He goes, I'm on a runaway train to Upsell City. No way. <laughs> runaway train to Upsell City. That's awesome. <laughs> right. So Dante wins this week. He's got all the bills. I gave him five five twenties. He's got all the bills stuffed in his shirt. And I'm talking to him, say, Dante, how's that money feel? He's like rubbing his shirt like this. <laughs> he goes, right now, it's keeping me cool. And I'd like to thank all you guys for just doing your jobs. Don't go up above, above and above anything because I want the 100 next week too. Now, now, when you do the video, what do you do? Do you just text it out to everyone? Everybody or? gets it. Yeah. yeah everybody gets it. The girls in the office get it. The sales guys get it. Everybody gets it. And it's just hilarious. I mean, like, they come up with funny stuff every single week. It's really hilarious. So, now, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So that's how you have to gamify everything with employees. Make it fun. All right. With, with, on uh, Monday mornings, I take all my guys out to breakfast. Breakfast is the cheapest meal you can buy. Mm-hmm. Take all my guys out to breakfast. We, we all meet at a diner Monday morning, 645. Everybody has a nice breakfast. We come in from the weekend. How you doing? And, you know, sometimes there's five guys there. Sometimes there's 12 guys there. It depends on who gets up early and wants to come to breakfast. It's not mandatory, right? Mm-hmm. But we do have mandatory once a month meetings. Okay, we have a number we got to hit for the month. Everybody knows what it is. And this is the number we have to hit for the month. And if we hit the number, everybody gets a $300 bonus. Hmm. Straight up, okay? And I take them someplace. Like, uh, we, there's a, a museum here. It's on the ocean. It's on, a, on the boardwalk. And it's called the Pinball Museum. And these guys got pinball machines from the 50s all the way up to, like, 2005. And he's got skee-ball and air hockey and all that stuff. We got pizza, beer, went in there and played. You played by the hour, and we played for like two hours. Everybody had a blast. The week, the month before that, we go to a place where you throw hatchets. They have targets on the wall, and you throw hatchets. It was one of the guys' birthday. We had a birthday party, brought in food, barbecue, throwing hatchets. You know, we went to UFC fight here. It was in Atlantic City. I took everybody to the UFC fights. Awesome. Well, you you got to build community in your business. You have to make business fun if you're going to try. Now, I know some of these guys don't even have employees, but when you bring in that first guy, you got to know his girlfriend's name, his wife's name, his kid's names. You got to know what his dog is, the dog's name. Know everything about him and ask him every day. Hey, how's Jeanette doing? Yeah, good. Yeah. How's Sophia good? Oh, her birthday's coming up. Send his kid a birthday card. Hmm. That's good stuff. Got to care. So let me ask you a question. I, I 
is it fair to say you uh, didn't always have this uh, perspective or at least effort on building the community? And if, if, if you didn't, you know, what changed for you? Like what, what was it that kind of got you on the different track and, and made you realize, well, heck, this isn't working. This is what I should do. Or, or, or I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but, but no, what I'll, tell you what happened. I'll tell you exactly what was the turning point for me. It got to the point where every single guy that I hired was told screw up. Mm-hmm. Just screwing up stuff, breaking stuff, leaving my trucks dirty, getting in accidents. It was just not coming to work, calling out sick. I mean, just all kinds of nonsense. Like every damn day, I, my phone would ring at like six in the morning and I'd be like, oh, starting already. <laughs> you know, it was just terrible. And I was in the, the $500,000 bracket there. That's gross sales. We, we only work eight months, but that's gross sales. Mm-hmm. And that's when you wear every hat. And you have a lot of employees underneath you. You're like six or seven people working for you. And there's everything going sideways. It gets all screwed up. Between 300 and 500 is the worst place you can be. It's mm-hmm. not, if, you, if you're in that bracket right now, grow. <laughs> get Just out. Grow. Get more trucks. Get more stuff. Market more and grow and make some people managers. But learn how to hire and manage people better. Now, what I, I just want to backtrack one thing. Okay, so I start off as an auto mechanic, and then I own gas stations, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really good at fixing cars. I'm a lousy manager. I never got, I never took a class in management. Mm-hmm. Firing employees right and left. You know, they don't do what I want them to do. You're fired. You don't want to do another. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Okay, and every time I turn around, I'm like, I have to do everything. Yeah. Because I was a lousy manager. I was a lousy leader, and I freely admit that. Okay, so I was at a conference with uh, Howard Partridge and at one of his, uh, he does like these conferences he does. Mm -hmm. And I think it was about like three years ago, maybe four years ago. And, um, you know, we're talking and Howard's talking about how he has all these people and it's a great community. And I'm like, I can't wait to kill my employees. I mean like, so this is new for you then like that where you're at today. Oh yeah. Totally. new. a few years ago. And it's night and day as far as my stress level is concerned and everything because I didn't want to grow out of that three to 500 because I was afraid it was going to get even worse. <laughs> I couldn't wait for November 1st to come so we could shut the business down for the year. Yeah. I couldn't wait. It was just like every year I couldn't wait. And when I opened up in the spring, I had like two guys I could count on and the rest of them would all be new and they'd just be screwing up and I'd be firing them like crazy. And it was just, it was like this, like Groundhog Day. You know that movie? Yeah. It was going around and it was around. And the only thing that changed was the guy's names. Yeah. So, I'm at this conference with Howard. Ellen Rohr was there, and I was sitting at a table with her and um, uh, Sherry and a couple other people, and we're talking about like your pain points in business or something like that. And at this point, I was like boiling over, and I was just sitting there. And Sherry said to me, "How's it going with you?" And I said, "These millennials suck. Nobody wants to work. They suck. I hate them. I can't stand it. It's driving me crazy. They're breaking my shit. They're doing everything." I could. And Ellen goes, "Will you listen to yourself?" She said, listen to yourself. She goes, who the hell wants to work for you? Wow. She goes, Brian, the problem is you. And I almost was like, F you, Ellen. I was pissed. <laughs> and I walked off. I left that table. I left mm-hmm. because I was pissed. And, and I think I was pissed because she hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Okay. So I'm fast forward. That was like in October. And I'm like thinking over the wintertime, maybe she was right. 
I mean, she's had multi-million dollar companies with hundreds and hundreds of So did you really just leave at that point then? Like, yeah, I was out. I was like, yes. yeah, I left that table. I stayed at the conference, but I left the table. I'm thinking, yeah. what the hell does she know? Yeah. You know? And, and um, so she knew a lot more than I knew. I knew that. Uh, Rick Jones was at the table too. And Rick was a uh, Ziegler coach for, I don't know, 30 years. And now he works with Howard. But I mean, like he's seen this all too, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought about it and I thought, you know, I think she's right. I think the problem is me. I don't know how to be a leader. I don't know how to be a manager. And I'm going to have to come to terms with that or I'm going to be stuck doing this for a long time. So I read a lot of books on leadership. I read a lot of books on good business management. I read a lot of books on how to engage your employees, how to hire employees. And I created a system to hire employees. And that system, it's called the Employee Rockstar Toolkit. And it's on automatedgrowthcell.com. But I sell that. And I think you bought it, right? Yeah, no, I did. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you, I wanted to talk about that. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. I, created, I created that system to solve my problem. Hmm. Okay. Now that's only one part of the problem. The problem. Okay. So now you can get an A player to come to work. Now, did you, let, let me ask you this. Oh. So everyone, at least for my sake, just so I can see the timeline. So you had that meeting in October, uh, internally, did you get that system created through that particular off season? Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. Origin one. Okay. I was down in Florida. I, I read all these books on it. I, I put it together. I figured out what I was going to do. I came back. I tried it out. It worked a little bit. Didn't work a little bit. I did a little tweaks on it. Then the next year, I used it. Oh, my man. And what, what a difference. What yeah. a difference. And well, since I put it out, we've even made like a 2.0. It's even better now. I mean, like, I have my employees hire the new guys. My employees do it. I don't even, I'm not involved in it anymore. Well, how do I get 2.0? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's coming out. Actually, I'm making a new uh, – this winter, I'm actually going to do, like, all the, the, the differences that I've done. There's mm-hmm. a lot of little tweaks that I put in. There's some different questions that we put into the, yeah. um, into the interview process. But, but basically, it involves, like, a very – it's quick. But it, it, for in, in our industry, it's actually long. Okay, a guy yeah. like that you would hire normally says, uh, you put out a Craigslist ad. I need a guy. Yep. The guy responds, hey, I'm your guy. I got experience. You go, when can you start? Tomorrow. That's the end of it. Then you realize, oh, wait a minute. He smokes. He shows up late to work. Yeah. He doesn't have to wear clean clothes. The guy's got bad BO. You know, you're finding all this stuff out, and, you're, and, he, and he's rude to customers. All right, well, there's a whole process that if you had gone through, mm-hmm. when that guy actually even applied to you, he would have never even got through to you. It wouldn't even happen. Well, First off, you're just you're a million percent right on this, and and I, I just want to say this, you know, Brian, I actually know you better than you know me because I do have this course. So of course, you've you've spoken to me a lot. You just didn't know it. It was just on the videos through this right. course and things like that. But this thing, uh, I don't want to say it it changed my business because my business was brand new. So I hadn't hired anyone yet, but what your course has helped me do, cause I've just hired one guy. So the business started with my son and myself. Yeah. Start with one. And yeah. And then we, we brought on our first one and I'm going to tell you uh, the whole process from the recruiting to the, uh, to the interview, to hiring the guy. The one thing I haven't implemented yet that you taught, which I'm actually in the process of doing like right now over the next, you know, couple weeks is the onboarding side of things with the training. But I'm, uh, but I'm working on that as a matter of fact. And, you know, I've hired a lot of people. Uh, I used to have 65, give or take, you know, I had 65 people that reported to me. So I've, I hired a lot. I fired a lot. 
I've not went through 140 in one, in no, one year. So you got the record. But, but, <laughs> I don't have to repeat that record either. Yeah, but, but I, I actually had a high number. Of, I had a pretty high turnover. Uh, uh, and I, at the time, I thought it was because, well, I don't tolerate a bunch of BS. Well, the truth is I didn't tolerate anything, but I also didn't vet people well, and I didn't develop people well. And your course not only talks about hiring people, but it talks about um, it talks about uh, um, training them and, and investing in, 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 and giving them an opportunity to be set up to succeed. So let me do this for a minute, if you don't mind. Let me, I want to talk about it because, guys, if you're listening to this, you know, if you're brand new and you don't have any employees and you don't think you're going to hire anyone for six months, you probably don't need this course. And, and Brian, you may not want me to say that, but I mean, if no, you're, not, no. if you're yeah. not looking at hiring someone, you don't need it. But if you're at the point in your business where you're about ready to start hiring or if you've already hired people and you're not satisfied with, with uh, you know, where you're at, and even if you are satisfied, this will probably make it better for you, um, you need to look into this. So it's the, it's the rocks. What, what's, the, what's the name of it again? The Employee Rockstar Toolkit. It's yeah. on automatedgrowsell.com. Yep. Automategrowsell.com. Automate yeah, yeah automategrowsell.com. So here was my experience when I used it. So, so I bought the kit, uh, I bought the course, went through it, and it's actually, it's not ultra long. You can run through it in one setting if you have, have a little bit of coffee and a little bit of time, you know, but it's what, a few hours, I think, to get through the, the thing, you know, yep. start to finish. And, uh, but basically what Brian did is he laid out the whole process from, how to design your at your your my job posting, um, uh, how how to design that, how to do pre-interview questions, how to properly uh, ask the uh, the their former employers the correct questions, how to do the interview itself, best interview process I've ever done in my life uh, with with the candidates all the way to to hiring these guys, and then like I said, beyond and training them. And here's what was awesome about it is in the past when I would hire people, I hated going through the hiring process because you posted, whether you posted on Craigslist or whatever you may post oh, it on. 200 people yeah, applying. You gotta, yeah. Now you've got to go through 200 stinking applications. And even if you uh, spend two minutes on each one, zero. that's a long time. And yep. so Brian's got the system, guys. It's actually automated. He shows you how to set it up where you put your, your postings out there. And now you don't even – you just flip the switch off temporarily in your mind and you go back to doing what you're doing and you have it set up where you're going to get an email or, or voicemail or something like that. And, and you're just going to start getting a lower percentage of people that's going to get to you, but it's automatically weeding out all these guys that you don't want to talk to. And then when you get in contact with the handful that you do want, he helps you even weed those guys out before you even get to an interview. So basically what you've effectively done, and I don't think I'm being uh, using hyperbole when I say this, you've literally probably cut out 80% of the time. Uh, yeah. that, that I think it's even hard. more. And then, you know, when you get into the, um, you know, by the time they get, you let them weed themselves out. Look, yeah. there's three kinds of people that, that are going to work for you. You're going to have the, the B player who's the guy who's just like, oh, it's 8 o'clock and I'm going to work till 5. And now nah, I don't want to work overtime. I'm going to the gym. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going to work at this pace for $15 an hour. If he pays me 16, I might work a little faster. That's the guy who's just trading dollars for hours. He's never going to be the A player guy, and he's not going to be your C player guy, okay? The A player guy, he's the guy who's going to show up to work early every day, in uniform, clean shaven, ready to go to work, say, hey, I'm going to do the, I'm going to win. I'm the runaway train to upsell city. That's who I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. And he's going to win that contest. And they're competitive. They want to work. They're happy where they're at. 
the C guy is the guy who says to the A guy, hey, Joe, you're working too fast. You mean, yeah. That guy is cancer. cancer, man. Yeah. All right, so being the C player, when you start making them jump through hoops and just trying to get to you to apply for the job, they're done. Mm-hmm. They're done. They're, that like 150 of those 200 phone calls, they're already done. They're, yeah. they're gone. You're not even talking to them. They're out. All right. When you finally start getting down to it, and you get those emails that say, uh, or you get the voice message, we have them leave a voice message, and they say, "Oh yeah, I'm Brian, and uh, yeah, my favorite sport in school was soccer, and I got a, I had a 3.0 grade average, and I'm really interested in auto mechanics. I have two kids." And, um, you know, some of my, my, my best employer I ever worked for was at this metal shop because the guy let me pretty much do everything I wanted to do. And, you know, he'd work with me. He was kind of like my dad. You know, it was really nice. You know, and he's articulate. And he goes, yeah, I, I listened to your message, and I really want to have the winners off and travel. That's what I'm really excited about, you know, taking my family to Disneyland. You know, the guy's got hope and aspiration. Okay, that's the guy I call back and say, all right, listen, do you have a driver's license? Are you drug-free because we're going to test you? We do drug tests. Yeah, you're drug free. Um, you know, uh, are you afraid of heights? Because we walk on roofs every day. You'll be surprised. That like doesn't click in their head. And we say the first thing you're going to do the very first day is get off a ladder onto a roof. So if you can't do it, don't don't even come here. <laughs> right? And and uh, you know you lose a few that way. You know um, you ever lose your license? The funniest story. This girl, I said, Did you ever lose your license? She said, oh, Yeah. She goes, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find it. <laughs> and I let her go for like five minutes. And I said, Carly, Carly, I'm talking about like drunk driving or something. Oh, I thought you meant if I lost my purse. <laughs> we hired her too. She was great. She was That's funny. Awesome. Chris, you know how you, you can also tell like one of the things is, is if people make a faux pas during your interview process and they laugh it off, Mm-hmm. that's the kind of person you want. If they get like all freaked out and stuff, that's not the kind of guy you want. Cause what's going to happen in daily life, Bob, when you screw up and I say, Hey, what happened, man? And you go, Oh, this down here. I think, sorry, man. You know what I mean? Or you're going to go and freak out. Yeah. I don't want to deal with people that are freaking out, but you bring them, you bring them through that process. And then we do our interviews on zoom, just like we're doing right now. This recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have two people interview the person and we have written questions that we ask and we record the interview. We record the entire thing. Okay. When it's done, two more people have to watch the interview and all four have to agree to hire. You know, let, let me, I want to interject again here. Just uh, when I did this, now we did, I had three people plus our candidates. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So there was myself, my son, Caleb, right. and then I actually brought on, he's, he's my best friend, but he, he was my operations manager back in the day and uh, in my previous career. And he's in Oklahoma, which is even a better part about doing these interviews on Zoom because it just makes life so much easier when you're just doing them like through Skype or something like that. Anyone Absolutely. can do it. You just and you don't even got to wear pants. You just got to put on a shirt, you know. So you can do it, you know. How, how you hey, want. I don't have pants on right now either. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, but okay. But good. good. <laughs> but but Robbie, uh, you know, who's who's a very successful guy in his industry. We sat down and he, he did hiring the same way I did. He'd be like, man, we'd bring someone in. If they could breathe, we pretty much hired them because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. You know, so if they just had a halfway decent personality, they were, they were on board. And we went through, uh, Robbie sat in, I think, for three different interviews because I didn't even interview that many people because your process weeded out so many people. Know, you get right to the, you get yeah. right to the meat. 
I interviewed three people. One of them I just didn't care for. Not like as a bad person, but I was just like, no, nah, not, not a good fit. One of them, because we followed your process in, in properly vetting people as far as doing the um, uh, reference checks like no one really does, even though we know we're supposed to, and we asking do. the proper questions on those reference checks, and then asking that person the proper questions. Doing that right there, I caught one guy, his whole, his whole resume was a, was a lie. Yeah, everything. And when I say res, I'm just talking about the application, like, you yeah. know, the application, oh, that, that was all a lie. Yeah. And then the, um, uh, and then the third guy, you know, we did it and I fell in love with him. I, I, I just, I had to make myself not offering the job on the zoom interview just because I didn't want to look. No, like, you gotta wait it out. Right. Think about but it. My point, though, is this, is I did these in, these the interview just like you taught on Zoom. So I had, you know, there was three of us right. did it live. So we didn't have someone else watch it, but there was three of us that went through okay. the process. And we just, we took all of your questions and I said, guys, I, we've, I've never done it this way before. This is what Brian says we need to ask. So I sent everyone the questions. My son wasn't even in the same room uh, or same house as me when he, we right. were doing it. And we just took turns asking these questions and did it as you said. You don't want to ask all the questions on that particular topic together because you want to keep people thinking and jumping. So we were just kind of cherry picking what we wanted to ask. And when we were done doing these interviews, uh, Robbie and I talked to each other and Robbie said exactly what I was thinking. He said, wow, he said, that was the best interview process I've ever been a part of in my life. And it's for your little bitty rinky dink pressure washing company. And I'm yeah. like, exactly my pressure. We're doing it. We worked for a company that sold for $500 million wow. and we were running a, a pretty big branch for it. And your process gave us the, the right way to interview people, not that half a billion dollar company's process. Listen, and, and you know what? I got to thank Ellen Rohr for that because Ellen really said to me, Will you listen to yourself? Nobody hmm. wants to work for you. Yeah. You know, and I, that hurt. I thought, what are you talking about? I got a half million dollar business. I'm like, Mr. Cool. Now, yeah. I was just an ass. I mean, really, I was a bad guy to work for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, like I had my days when it was all good, but when things went sideways, man, I'd freak out, flip out, get pissed off, throw shit. I mean, like, you know, that's, it's unprofessional. You can't do that. And if you want to scale and build your business, you, you, you really have to learn how to be a manager and how to be really an entrepreneur. Life's a learning experience, man. We learn by failing. You know, we yeah. fall off our bikes 20 times before we figured out how to ride without, you know, training wheels on it. Mm -hmm. Same thing in life. You're just going to fail, going to cost you money. You got to move on and do stuff. But um, Yeah. So, so let me just so rudely just keep interrupting here. So walking through our process, you know, your, your toolkit says, all right, here's, you, you tell us how to post the ad. You make it a really long ad for the guys that have some instructions that say don't respond to this ad call right. this number leave a voicemail first test that's the first test so that's that's really what weeds out like 80 percent of the people or more right they just send an email yeah they don't even it, which makes me angry every time i get an email i, I need to do what you said and put don't don't put my email in there. i put a fake email address and then they just send it to like abc at abc.com yeah. so so, so we do that, then it walks you through the, pro and I'm not going to go through all this guys. If you want it, you need to get his course, but then it goes through the proper uh, questions and processes to ask on all the pre-interview stuff and, and everything you would do before you even decide if you're going to interview him. Then it teaches us how to do the interview process. Like I just mentioned where I had myself, my buddy, Robbie and Caleb all on a zoom meeting. We interview the people. So now I've, I've picked my, my guy that I like, where are we going now? Okay. So once you have them, 
and to go to your onboarding process. So we're gonna, um, we send them an email and in the email is like, you know, here's a W-2 form, an I-9 form. Um, we need to know your uniform size. Um, you gotta call Rose, get set up a payroll. We need direct deposit for your checking account, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's all like the admin stuff that's gotta get done. Then I personally meet with every single person. Personally meet with them. And usually I do like an hour, maybe two, uh, just like about my company, how I got started, what we really are, you know, want to do, how we want to help them grow, find out what their ambitions are, what they really want to do. And, and um, we have different levels in our company that you can be. You can be from a level one, which is, you know, nothing, to a level five, which is your mate. Mm-hmm. And so I have guys now that are working on their level four. So li- literally like next year, I will not have a job in my company. Nice. I, I won't even have a job anymore. I brought in people to do sales. I brought in people to do um, mechanical work, people that are going to do uh, the tech work themselves, office people. Um, we, you know, we have every single thing we need. My operations manager now, uh, he does. he's actually in the field. He's coming out of the field in the middle of this month, and he's going to start learning to do everything that I do. Basically be a GM type of, type of thing for exactly, him. Exactly, right. So he won't, you know, he'll do, he'll wear every hat. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. He's going to learn how to do every hat. So he's going to have the sales job. He'll be the guy who does compliance, make sure everybody's wearing safety gear and getting the jobs done right. Um, you know, traveling around. If we need a guy to pull the trigger, he pulls the trigger. You know, if we need somebody in the office, he's the person answering the phones. You know, he's going to do what I do and I'm literally not going to have a job in my company. That's good. That's awesome. That's been the goal and I've been working on it for since Ellen Roar straightened me out. I mean, I've been working on it since before that, but it was like I wasn't going to happen unless I straightened out the employee thing. And I kept saying to Rose, my office manager, who's been here a really long time with me, I kept saying, Rose, it's the, it's the text. I got to get the text figured out. If I can't get the text figured out and get it right, where we build a really good thing going here, this is never going to work. And I got to go back to three people. I got to go back small because I can't stay at 500 with seven people driving me crazy. Well, first off, Brian, congratulations on that. Cause that's exciting. And, um, what, what I want to say to, to the people listening right now, if you're building your business, guys, you need to look into Brian. No, you don't need to look into it. Listen, I don't care. You know what? I don't, Brian's not paying me to say this stuff. It's just the honest to God truth. It's what, I, it's what I've used for my business. My first hire I made, the guy's a freaking rock star. I, <laughs> hence the name, the rock star. Rockstar, yeah. um, Josh Latimer came up with that. Yeah, well, he, he's, a, he's a rock star, and he, uh, he's going to be my crew, uh, my Caleb's the first crew leader. He's working for Caleb. I plan on having the second truck on the road here in September. So here in a couple of months and, uh, and he's going to be the guy and it's the first stinking guy I hired. And I know Brian, that not every person I ever hire is going to work out. I know some people will still slip through the cracks occasionally. Well, that happened to us. And so, so what we do is because we recorded the, the interviews, mm-hmm. well, if we have to, we have a thing, zero voluntary attrition. So in other words, we're, we're looking, we don't want anybody quitting here. Mm-hmm. zero voluntary okay but if you gotta go you gotta go you steal from me you don't show up to work no call no show something like that you're out okay <clears throat> we we lost a few employees after using the system so we went back in and watched those interviews everybody that hired them had to go back in and watch the interviews and you know what it was all right there we just missed it really yep one woman she said I said um, I, um, what do you like to do she was oh, I'm really good at graphic arts I love graphic arts you know, I, I, I do flyers, emails, all this kind of stuff. And I said, oh, you know, Photoshop? Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, do you take classes? No, I taught myself. I'm good. 
All right, I didn't say, I'm going to send you a project I want you to do. I had another guy say to me, oh, yeah, I can weld. <laughs> you know, you take people for what they say. Like you said, yeah. everybody lies. Everybody lies to get a job. Yeah. That's the bottom line. They're going to lie to get the job. So we looked at these interviews. We figured out where we went wrong. We now learn from those mistakes, and we don't make those mistakes anymore. And I'll tell you what, the last three people we interviewed, we did not hire. Now, Brian, let me ask you this. Uh, I know for a fact there's a cynic here or two or 10 that are listening to this or 100. I don't, I, however many of you cynics are out there, but they're going to say, Brian, you run a pressure washing company. You're kidding yourself. You're not getting A. A players aren't going to sign oh, up to be a pressure washing. Yeah. That I, I, yeah. I have. It's awesome. So it's, what do you say to those guys? Like, what you know, if someone says, you're not going to get an A player for 20 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever. I, listen, I hear this all the time. And I got to tell you something with millennials. It's not about the money. They don't care how much money they're making <laughs> to a certain extent. They yeah. don't care how much money they're making. They just want to come to a job where they feel that it's not even a job that they're appreciated, that it's fun. 95 degrees here today, hot as hell. Mm. And it's hot. And then we're out there working. I mean, everybody's sweating. I'm, I'm texting my guys, keeping them, pumped up, you know, bringing them water, Gatorade, whatever they need out on the job. You know, I'm the owner of the company. I'm bringing guys Gatorade. Yeah. You know, you got to show that you care. And if you stop by the pretzel factory and you bring them pretzels too, then you really care. <laughs> so if you, you're going to, it's like, it's like having a kid. If you don't put time and effort into your kid, when your kid's a teenager and he doesn't want to talk to you anymore, he slams the door in your face and he you know, tells you to go screw off or whatever. And he takes your car and smacks it up. You did that. Yep. You didn't do that. You did that. You get the, you get, listen, you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. That's the bottom line. If you bring in the right people and there's plenty of them out there and you bring in the right people and you train them properly and then you stick with them. And when they fail, you don't jump down their throat. You just say to them, Hey, listen, you know, you got mud in the pool. Clients pissed off. This is how you avoid doing it next time. I don't want to happen again. You get the, I'm sorry from them. And it's all good. Okay, so it costs 100 bucks to get the pool cleaned or whatever, all right? So these things are going to happen. Windows are going to get broken. Stuff's going to get stepped on. A plant's going to get killed. It's never, The doorbell's going to get broken full of bleach. You know, this stuff has never, like, not happened in 29 years. It's going to continue to happen. Yeah. And so it's how I handle it that matters. It's not like how they handle it or what they do. I don't know. Hmm. Well, good stuff. So uh, Rockstar Toolkit, how can guys get this from you? They can go to automategrowcell.com and it's right there in the courses. You can just buy it right there. Um, there's also a really good super course on marketing. Oh my God. Yeah. Course, have you seen that? Oh yeah, I've got it. I oh. haven't went through every module, but oh. I've implemented a couple. Oh man. Amazing. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. If you haven't gotten that super course on marketing from Josh Latimer yet, mm. you're missing out because I'm picking up stuff in there like YouTube videos, um, Facebook, how to do um, uh, Google AdWords. I mean, send Jim, I mean, all this direct mail stuff. There's, as you grow, you're going to need to bring in more work. Like right now we're running 10 trucks every single day. And so I'm running 10 trucks. It's like having 10 kids eating all the food in your house every day. And you got to go back to the supermarket tomorrow. <laughs> we're at the point, this is no kidding. We're at the point where production is higher than what we're bringing in. So we actually go out and do estimates today for work tomorrow. Yeah. Like we literally have no work for the next day and go out and get all the work for the next day. That's scary. That's, that's, yeah, that's scary. Well, 
Well, I want to, I want to mention something again to people listening is guys, you know, you can, you can hear me say stuff, but my business, it's June. We've only done, well, I say only, you know, what? I'm proud of what we've done, but there's, I think what you've done is, but, is admirable. Yeah. I, second year in business, yeah. I wasn't even there to like my fourth. Yeah. Well, we've, we've done 150, I think 154,000 of closed out stuff as of the end of June this year. Um, but you know, Brian, uh, what you're going to, are you going to be closing in on close to a hundred or, I mean, a million this year? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So Brian's going to be doing over a million dollars. Now here's what I want you to hear. I'll say it. And you might say, well, Bob, you don't know what you're talking about. First off I do, but I'll give you a pass. But when you, when you listen to people like Brian, you listen to people like Josh and Brandon who I've had on the podcast recently, uh, uh, David Mormon, who I actually, I was just talking to David. He was the first guy I interviewed on the podcast and he was asking about your, your, uh, your, uh, rock star, yeah, the toolkit, uh, just a little earlier today, he messaged me about it. But, uh, when you, when you listen to these people that are successful guys, they pay money to invest into themselves. And, you know, that's, you know, I'm, I'm actually paying some money out right now on some, some investments on myself to the point where it's kind of hurting, you know, uh, I'm, I've signed up for this thing. Uh, I think you went to it last year called the Automate Grow Sell Experience. Are you doing oh, that? Yeah, I'm actually going to be a mentor this year. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. It's, a, it's it, That is an awesome thing. Guys, if you listen, uh, I'm telling you right now, if you go to this, it will change your life. There's no, there's no I fans or butts. It's no BS. Yeah. It's going to change your life because you're going to leave there with a plan on how to get to where you want to go. And you're going to have accountability. That's the, look, everybody can come up with a nice plan and say, oh, yeah, look, here's my business plan. I wrote it down three years ago. Well, did you do it? No. Mm -mm. With Automate Growth Sell, you're going to do it because we're going to make you do it. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. I, I want you to be my mentor when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, I'm taking on the Murphys. Are you? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Justin, don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want, I don't think you want those two. I don't want you guys in the same room. <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying, guys, is this. is like this automate grow sell thing. Now, I'm bringing an extra person. It's, it's for couples, but I'm bringing my wife and my son because it just fits for our It makes sense for your business, sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to cost me like 3500 bucks when it's all set. And that's without airfare. You know, I'm yeah. doing this thing in the last few days. It's not cheap. Um, I'm paying for – I'm going to the huge convention here in, in uh, what, two months. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, that thing's actually not expensive. But you know what? It costs money. Um, we, I buy books. I've got an audible.com subscription. I, I buy things like the, the, the Rockstar Toolkit, you know, and, and I forget what I pay. I think did I, did I paid 500. Yeah, I paid $500 for your Rockstar Toolkit. And someone, if you're listening and you just spit out, you know, spit whatever you're drinking out when I said this toolkit was $500, guys, just kind of hang it up. This thing's not for you. Because when you see people that are successful, they invest money into their education. They invest money into themselves. Um, you know, another thing I've invested some money, it really, it kind of has nothing to do with my business, but I bought tickets for my oldest son and my two younger kids to go to a comic con in Tampa here in a couple weeks. And you might say, Bob, that's stupid. I don't want to go to comic con, but you know what? It's investing in some, some joy that my partner, you know, my son enjoys and, and my younger kids who help with the business. We're doing stuff like that because it's investing into our people. It's investing into my education. It allowed me to hire a rock star right out of the bat. Who's going to, my first employee is going to end up being a, uh, a crew leader for me. Um, this stuff, you've got to do it, you know, and if you're going to do this business, 
you know, don't be the $99 guy because if you are, you're never going to be able to pay for this stuff. You're never going to be able to invest in, into yourself. And, and now Brian would say, say otherwise, and I want you to buy his stuff, but it's not about Brian. It's not about buying a course that he taught. You've got to invest in you. If it's Dave Ramsey stuff, you know, an entree leadership. I've spent tens of thousands like yeah. tens of thousands of coaching. Yeah. I'm, at a, I'm at a level now where I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I want to, listen, I'm not the first guy that's ever been in business that didn't know what he was doing. Okay? <laughs> and, but there's guys ahead of me that have already done it. Look yeah. at a guy like Brandon Vaughn. He's doing like 4 million this year. The 500,000 yeah. this month. This month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, so that's that. That's what I wanted to, to, to share with you guys is you've got to invest in yourself. If you're ready to hire people or you're already hiring them, you owe it to yourself to go to automategrowsell.com, look at Brian's, uh, the, the employee rockstar toolkit. You, and this, and this marketing super. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah. And the marketing super, yeah. they're both great. But on this toolkit guys, all you got to do is take out Brian's company's name and put your company's name. Oh, it comes with an, it comes with employee handbook. Yeah. All the courses, everything. I don't want to really sell it, Bob, but I well, no, no, I know. I, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get off I didn't come on here to sell it. I just want to, but but it's good stuff. Check that out. And um and Brian, before we get off here, man, because we've been talking for a while, but uh, tell the guys a little bit. We didn't even talk about this, and this is something I did want to talk about. But we actually you got us into some great stuff. Uh, tell us a little bit about how your business is built. We were talking about whys and stuff earlier, and I'm so intrigued by how uh, you've ran yours because a lot of guys they'll they'll look at a business. It's not seasonal for me here in Florida. You know, we do it year round, but pretty much anywhere else in the country, pressure washing and window cleaning is seasonal. Right. And um, guys will see like, you, know, you just can't get good employees because it's seasonal or you just can't make a living or this or that. Share a little bit about what you've done to, to flip that upside, you know, upside down and, and made it, make it work for you. Well, you have to pay them enough in eight months that they can live from the whole year and collect unemployment in the winter time. So we have a bonus program. So they, they, uh, we do dream managers so they can save money and then we'll match their money at the end of the year. So, a lot of guys on the last day are walking out with checks for 4000 you know, 5000 They get um, unemployment all winter long. They, My operations manager, Brian, spent five weeks in Europe last year traveling with to Bangkok for a month. You know, I mean, like, these are young millennials. And when I say they don't care about the money, that's what I'm talking about. They want that four months off to travel. Mm -hmm. They look forward to that. You know, we're all going to go to Mount Rainier and climb Mount Rainier at the end of August. Uh, all of you, you said? Not all of us, but a bunch oh, of us. There's yeah. like six of us going. Wow, that's cool. Now yeah. tell everyone what I love what you do because it's like oh, I, I spent heart. eighteen. Yeah, I spent eighteen winters skiing in Colorado, living in Frisco, Colorado, skiing like Breck and Copper and Vale, and then um, uh, I, the last five winters I've lived in the Florida Keys in Marathon. I bring my boat down, park right outside the house, go fishing every day, and just kick back. Um, you know, because I've been awesome. going the last four years, I've been kind of working in the winter time. But it's not like my phone's ringing. I'm working on systems. I'm working on, you know, the, the Rockstar Toolkit and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, Brian, well, I really want to thank you for having me on. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm going to put you on the spot here before we get off. I'm I'm not a big fisherman. I just I yeah. do it occasionally from time to time with a buddy. Yeah. I expect an invite this winter when you're uh, when you're down there because I'm up here in Orlando, so I can drive oh, down. Okay. I, want, I want you to take me out and, like, Help me catch something big. I don't know something cool. So I just don't want to clean it because you know it's like icky. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll show you something. Hang on, hang on one second. All right. 
So, but he's, he's stepping out of the room here. He's going to go grab, he's probably going to grab a big old fish and show us how awesome he is at fishing here. So, so we'll see, but guys, as he's coming back, I'm just going to say, Oh, here he comes. All right. This is my personal best. That's 957 pound giant tuna. Holy crap. You caught that off of your boat. No, I caught that in uh, Prince Edward Island, Canada. Oh, wow. That is yeah. insane. <laughs> my personal best. I've no. never caught anything that's like too... Uh, oh, by, by yeah. the way, I was kidding about not having pants on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank well, God. I got to go. Yeah, no. Hey, listen, right. guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Everyone, check us out. Rate us on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook and, and, uh, and YouTube. Brian, you are awesome. Thanks a so minute. Right. Thank you, buddy. Mm.